0: Welcome to This Week in Brattleboro History, produced
1: by the Brattleboro Historical Society. Winston Churchill said the first true world war began in the 1750s and lasted until 1763. The North American portion of the war became known as the French and Indian War. Globally, the conflict was called the Seven Years' War. Great Britain, Portugal, and Prussia squared off against France, Spain, Austria, Russia, and Sweden in a war that spanned five of the seven continents. It was a conflict to redraw the boundaries of Europe and also determine who would control the European colonies established around the world.
0: In 1798, Levi Redfield, who had been living in Brattleboro for more than a decade, collaborated with local printer Benjamin Smead to publish an account of his experiences during the French and Indian War and the American Revolution. The 12-page pamphlet was one of the earliest examples of printing and publishing in this area. The pamphlet was called A Succinct Account of Some Memorable Events and Remarkable Occurrences in the Life of Levi Redfield, late of Connecticut, now residing in
1: Brattleboro, Vermont. Levi Redfield was born in Connecticut in 1745. The French and Indian War was an intercolonial conflict for dominance of the continent between France, Great Britain, and their Native American allies. The war began when Levi was nine years old. At the age of 16, Levi and his older brother Nathan enlisted in the army. They had been recruited to serve under Colonel Israel Putnam. Putnam had made a name for himself as one of Rogers Rangers and was now recruiting Connecticut soldiers for the war effort.
0: Levi and his brother thought they were signing up so they could travel to the Lake Champlain region and fight the French for control of the strategic waterway. However, the 1,000 Connecticut recruits were combined with 800 from New York and 500 from New Jersey and marched to New York City. In New York, they were put under the command of British General George Keppel. Keppel had been given the task of attacking Havana, Cuba as part of Great Britain's larger global war against France and Spain.
1: Many of the American colonial troops were not happy about this. They had enlisted to serve Great Britain's interests in Northeastern America, but they were not interested in traveling to the Caribbean to fight the Spanish. According to Levi Redfield's account, the new soldiers were immediately marched onto ships in New York Harbor and not allowed to go ashore for fear of desertion. Redfield thought that they were treated more like captives than recruits. Governor's
0: Island is located in New York Harbor. It is about 170 acres in size, and is where the new recruits were transported and trained as the British prepared to sail to the Caribbean. The goal was to attack and take control of the Spanish harbor in Havana, Cuba. According to Redfield, each day the soldiers would unload on the island, and each night they would be confined to their ships. In June 1762, they set sail for Cuba.
1: Off the coast of northern Cuba, a storm caused the British expedition to become scattered. The ship that Levi and his brother were on ran aground on a sandbar and for 10 days the soldiers were stranded. They were rescued by another British ship and arrived at Havana Harbor on August 10, 1762.
0: During this time, Havana, Cuba was much larger than any city in North America. Havana had over 70,000 residents and was bigger than the combined populations of Philadelphia, Boston, and New York City. The port of Havana was the Spanish key to the new world. In the pamphlet, Levi wrote that, Havana is the handsomest city on the island of Cuba. The plains of Havana are cultivated by nearly 30,000 slaves and produce almost all of the spices and sugars which are known in America. All goods from Spanish colonies in the Caribbean and South America were transported to Havana and then shipped to their destinations around the world. Havana was Spain's Caribbean distribution center and a major economic engine of the Spanish Empire. If Great Britain could capture Havana, then Spain and her ally France would suffer greatly. That is why Great Britain planned to lay siege on Havana Harbor and launch a land assault.
1: Havana knew the British were coming. The Spanish strategy was to stall and hope that the August rains would bring tropical diseases to decimate the British military. It was hoped hurricane season would then force the British fleet to seek safety elsewhere. Both of these things happened, disease and storms, but they did not stop the British from successfully invading Havana.
0: The siege began in early June. To invade Cuba, Great Britain amassed over 35 warships, hundreds of support craft, and 29,000 soldiers and sailors. The Spanish sent for reinforcements, but they were too long in coming. On August 10th, the British ship carrying the Redfield brothers arrived in Havana Harbor. Five days later, the Spanish surrendered. The British lost almost 3,000 soldiers in the two month siege of Havana. And then in the next two months of occupation, they lost another
1: 5,000 soldiers to disease. The troops from the northeast were especially hard hit of the 500 men who were on the ship with the redfields approximately 350 died from disease in late october the british commanders decided to send the remaining northeast recruits back home as they were too sickly to be of any help
0: the american recruits had enlisted to fight the french along lake champlain but were redirected to sail to cuba to help defeat the spanish they arrived late to the fight and became part of the havana occupation force As Levi wrote in his pamphlet, the climate was unhealthy for most of our men, and many died of West India fever. I had a severe fit of sickness while here, but by the blessing of God, my life was preserved. This experience left the survivors wondering if being part of the British Empire was worth it.
1: Levi wrote, on October 28th, we sailed for New York. My brother died from fever while we sailed back, as well as 21 others on the ship out of the eleven men who left the village with me, but three returned, and one of those died soon after. Levi had also become ill and went on to write, After remaining sick six months, I began to recover. He didn't feel healthy enough to become a laborer, so he studied to become a teacher of music.
0: At the age of twenty, he married Sybil Wilcox, and the couple went on to have six children. In 1775, Levi heard about the battle at Lexington, and I, being a son of liberty, engaged in the service to my country. At the age of 30, Levi enlisted in the army to fight for the rebellious colonies in the American Revolution. Levi served until 1782. He spent most of his time as a drum major, setting the cadence for military maneuvers during the long war. He campaigned in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, Vermont, and New York.
1: In the pamphlet, Levi wrote, I led a domestic life after the Treaty of Peace between Great Britain and America, and we moved into Vermont. Levi Redfield and his family would live in Brattleboro for approximately 20 years. He was a teacher of sacred music and was contracted by various towns in New England to instruct their pupils. He traveled often. Sometimes the contracts would be for as little as four weeks and sometimes as long as six months. In 1798, at the age of 54, Redfield wrote that he had worked in 71 schools and taught almost 4,000 students in New Hampshire, Vermont, Connecticut, and Massachusetts. In the fall and early
0: winter of 1798, the pamphlet was advertised in Benjamin Smead's newspaper, The Federal Galaxy. It was for sale at the printing office on Main Street and could be purchased
1: for eight cents. Levi Redfield became disillusioned with Great Britain during the time of the French and Indian War, and like many New Englanders, a little over a decade later, he was ready to revolt against the empire. In 1798, local printer Benjamin Smead shared Redfield's story, and now, 223 years later, we pass it on to you.
0: Please join us next week for another story from our community's past.